1990, Eddie Farrell, a con man on the run from a Chicago crime boss, began impersonating successful businessman Jonathan Albertson to ingratiate himself to the family of Milt Malkin. After securing a job in Malkin's company, he began to pursue Malkin's daughter before his entire con began to unravel. Today on the podcast, Eddie Farrell, Opportunity Knocks. Wait a minute, man's money is through his Welcome to Absolutely True True Crime, a deadly serious podcast. My name's Claire and I'm joined as always by my two uh, co-hosts, Brad and Tammy, who love true true crime as much as I do. Uh, again, Claire, I don't... You know, we well, just love keep discussing saying that. it, I would say. Yeah, I don't, I, don't like, I don't love it. I'm intrigued by it. I think people should know about it because uh, yeah. I feel like we're one of the few podcasts that really talk about it um so i but love it that's, that's uh, yeah i'm gonna very go, i'm gonna take the bold stance that i'm against crime yeah yeah even true true crime i'm just against crime claire i don't yeah. think crime is good yeah yeah fair enough but we like discussing it i'll, sure. dis- I'll discuss it sure um so today we are going to talk about obviously crime that's what we do here and uh today's topic is identity theft and we are covering the case of Eddie Farrell in Opportunity Knox is the case. So uh, this was a case that, I was not familiar with. Yeah, I was. I was going to say Claire and I had um, really not known much about this case. I I don't I don't know why, but um, identity theft. I I don't tend to look into that as much. And I should, because it's out there. Identity I mean, theft I, is out there. So. I have been I have been aware of this case since I was probably seven or eight years old. Yeah. I'm wow. very, very familiar. Have you guys ever been um, subjects of identity theft? Yes. Um, hmm. I'm thinking of Brad being subject mm-hmm. to identity theft, and I'm like, you know, kind of, sort of. Wait, yeah, oh, I mean, most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. Probably as well, because my passport was stolen. Oh, while yeah. I was in a, another country, so there's probably someone on a passport using my or my yeah. name. On the upside, uh, after seven years, um, things on your credit report go away. So no matter uh, who decides to steal your identity and put bills in your name and take out credit cards and uh, blackmail you, uh, that eventually goes away. Luckily, good. Yeah, especially if they get locked up in a nursing home where they fucking belong. Yep. yep. Yeah. I mean, not not all criminals go straight to jail. Sometimes they just end nope. up in a nur- nursing home. So, yep. forgotten and alone. Yep. I feel like she's still trying to make herself known somehow. I've I've got to believe that she oh, she makes some shenanigans in that nursing home to try to make herself known. Mm-hmm. No doubt. No doubt. We don't. Um, we, I mean, we don't know if that's what will happen to Eddie Farrell or did happen to Eddie Farrell, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so Brad, thank you for bringing this case to us, since, since Claire and I were not aware of it. It's okay. And uh, yeah, and you said you, uh, like you said, you've known about this case since you were, you said seven. Yeah, probably seven or eight. Yeah, came out. Wow. This uh, the documentary came out in 1990. So yeah. Oh yeah. You so started that... watching um, true crime documentaries very early, Brad. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Nice. I feel like a lot of us have, though. Yeah. It's it's weird. I feel, um, you know, there's like a Saturday morning cartoon situation and then true crime and documentaries in the evening. Yeah. Very weird mix growing up in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> and sometimes there was overlap. There was a lo- sometimes there yeah. was overlap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know what kind of messaging that was supposed to promote, but <laughs> there, there we are. That's maybe, I don't know. 
I feel like we're pretty good people. So maybe that's why, because we grew up knowing about true crime <laughs> right away. Mm-hmm. Truth. Um, all right. So, yeah, like you said, this documentary uh, takes place in the 90s. And uh, you guys ready to kind of talk about this crime? Yeah. Yes. All right. So we, the, the, cr- the criminal in this case is Eddie Farrell. And um, Eddie Farrell, he started off really just um, as a con man, a, a general con man, a con mm-hmm. artist, an artiste even, if you will. With his partner. <laughs> yeah, with uh, Lou, Lou Pesquino, his partner. Yes. And also he grew up really learning about crime from oh, his yeah. um, crime uncle family. Yeah, it was a crime family. But yeah. like a con artist crime family. Yeah. Low stakes, low stakes. Yeah. really low stakes yeah yeah and it's interesting because you know watching this documentary it's like is this what would happen now like it's so weird so some of the things that um well really specifically what what eddie and his partner lou would steal um was primarily tvs and guys if you remember back in the yeah. late 80s early 90s tvs were large Ooh. and not flat screen at all very <laughs> so. heavy insanely heavy I don't know how they moved or expected to move some of these TVs that were shown in the documentary. Yeah. I, I remember, like, in college, my TV, like, I, it was getting it up the stairs to our second floor apartment was a task. Mm-hmm. Just that big, giant tube TV is so heavy. Yeah. yeah. You'd need, like, some of these TVs and, like, entertainment systems we saw in this documentary, you would need, like, a pallet truck to move. <laughs> they were so big. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I, I guess I, I don't know. I, cause I even think about growing up. So obviously, I mean, yes, I was young in the nineties, but I grew up primarily in the eighties and we just had like in the house, like such an old TV and it was massive. And mm-hmm. I can never even imagine that TV. Like, I feel like it stayed in the same place forever the rest of the furniture oh, yeah. in the room could move around but that tv was going nowhere because it's so big <laughs> oh yeah no we had one of those like 70s like in like the cabinet tvs oh yeah like and it eventually like it, the sound was, was no longer working on it but it was just too much of a hassle i guess to move so we just put they were just put like a newer tv on top of it <laughs> <laughs> i don't think we did that Oh, we did that, but that was great for me, though, because then I could, like, straight up had the Nintendo hooked up to the TV with no sound, and then I could actually just, like, watch TV and play Nintendo at the same time. It was pretty solid growing up. Yeah, and I'm just thinking, you know, it just kind of got me thinking of, like, what about now? Like, do people steal TVs now? I mean, I have some quote-unquote smaller TVs that I guess you could move pretty easily, but they're like some really big, even though they're flat screen, they're still really massive TVs. Some of them are mounted to walls now. It's like, yeah. would someone be stealing? Like, is that a thing that I people know, do? I, well, no, but, but I think we have much more valuable other consumer electronics now. Like yeah. laptops, yeah. iPads, phones. Like, they're easier to steal and they're worth more. Like, TVs are insanely cheap now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, because I was just trying to, I sometimes look at some of these older cases, and this one's, I mean, it's older, it's the 90s, but it's not like some of the real older cases we have looked at. And I I try and like picture like, what does that look like now? And I'm just like, I don't, 
I feel like this is not a con that would make any kind of sense now. No, yeah, I don't. No. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> no um, also, no one's buying a used TV anymore either. No. Like, if no. your TV like like has any issue, you're not even bothering to repair it. You're just throwing it away and buying a new one now. Yeah. Um. Oh, I'm looking online about people's TVs getting stolen, and someone's TV was stolen in 2019. I'm like, what the? Why? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I agree. It's like, yeah, people can just steal other things now. Because yeah. even for a while, even like older school like computers, it's like, God, those were hefty suckers too. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you'd have to get everything. You'd have to steal everything. You'd have to steal the monitor. You'd have to steal yeah. the computer. Well, just the time it would take to unplug all the parts of a computer <laughs> would not be worth it. <laughs> yeah, now you'd just be like, you know, but if you if you broke into a house to like steal what might get you money, things like iPhones, people probably have them on them anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I yeah, guess it would be I wanna like say, other like, electronics. When, when our house was burglarized, I can't even remember all the things that they took. They took like um gaming systems. That's actually how they were caught, because they took a gaming system and literally went to the GameStop a block from the house and tried to sell it. (laughs) Wow. Not not very smart. And, you know, as much as I I used to give Dan grief, he kept all of the boxes for everything. And so it was really easy to identify what was ours, because, like, all of the security information is on the boxes. Like, all the (laughs) stuff, so... Um, but my what because I, I mean, I, ha- I have a, uh, I'm married, I happen to have a wedding ring. And, um, so I just don't wear it all the time. Just, I don't know. Cause I take it off when I shower in the morning and I forget to put it back on. And, um, that had been sitting out and they didn't take that. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, does it look cheap? Like, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't mm. sad that they didn't take my wedding ring, but also <laughs> I was like, oh, um, yeah, and then I also was concerned that they would think we were hoarders because our garage was a mess, and I was, like, embarrassed <laughs> about it. So, uh, a lot of mixed emotions when you get burglarized. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so Eddie and Lou, they, they're they just con men stealing TVs, because apparently that's what you did. And um, we even know, like, some of the cons they pulled, and you see it in the documentary, is, like, they, they would act like they're repair men and come into people's houses and kind of get them preoccupied to be able to steal their stuff and also if one the person of them would prepare would pretend to get run over as well oh yes yeah yeah so that was another kind of con that they would pull is to, to pretend to get run over which i feel like that is a, a very dangerous con yeah oh yeah it's risky yeah so to to get hit by a car just seems in the long run really a bad idea um, but yeah, and then they would look, uh, they did find at one point they found an empty house to burglarize and they could tell because like the newspapers were sitting on the porch and that kind of stuff. The lights were out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And while they were in there in the house, uh, starting to look through everything, there was a answering machine call that someone had left that said, um, Hey, I know you're out of the country. I know I'm supposed to be watching your place, but I took a job out of state, so sorry about your luck. And that guy's a real asshole. Yeah, yeah. Which I was like, what kind of friend is this? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Brad, if I ask you to watch my place, now usually if I ask you to watch our place, it's also watching Sammy. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there's there's a little more involved than just the the place. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh. I I would be really upset with you 
if you didn't like let me know ahead of time that you couldn't do it. Hey, sorry, Tammy. Um, I was gonna watch your place. Um, take care, Sammy. But I decided to move across the country instead. So I know you're already gone, but uh, figure it out. Guess your dog's gonna be dead. See ya. <laughs> um, and I feel like this friend. Just based on the fact that you just left a voicemail, like, like, what if this guy had fish? Like, we don't know. Like, no. if, like it just yeah. seems like you asked someone to watch your place because it's probably for a reason. Yeah, maybe yeah. So your burglars don't come in in the night. Yeah, yeah exactly. You're going to be gone for an extended period, and it's not always where you need someone to stay there, but just to check in on your place, make sure everything's okay. Um, you know, so there's it, a reason. Yeah. Also, it keeps uh, people from coming into your house, um, stealing an identity and uh, <laughs> trying to marry your sister. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll so, get to that. So this guy um, is a douchebag. <laughs> Jonathan Albertson. Yeah, Jonathan Albertson, his friend Jonathan. Uh, so there you go. So the house, we should say this house is owned by David. Yeah, yeah, this. Yeah, and then Jonathan Albertson is the best friend of yeah, David. Yeah, da- David Mulkin. Yeah, um, yeah, and Jonathan is his be- well, his ex best friend is what I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah, I hope so now. I mean, I don't know. David seems like a douchebag too. Like, yeah, like this place is—it's a real like douchebag bachelor pad. Yeah, yeah, it's it's got a pinball machine. It's—I mean, look, I had a pool table, so whatever. But mine came with the house, so no. <laughs> and I had a room for it, you know. But again, I'm like, not, this is what like, I'm saying is I'm not a douchebag because that's what I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> this is like living room, pool table, and pinball machine. Yeah, and I feel like you just need those to be in a side area. And that kimono thing on the wall. Yeah, there's a lot of decoration that is just... Yeah, a lot of I, weird yeah. artwork that's pretentious. It's a lot of, like, yeah, pretentious rich dudes showing off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... He also has a um, duck phone, which is just not acceptable. Yeah, he's got all of this, like, stuff that theoretically yeah. costs a lot of money, and then he has a duck phone. <laughs> like, he lives in a sharper image. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So... Eddie and Lou are all kinds of excited. It's like, oh, wow, we have, like, run of the house. They're getting beers. They're just, like, hanging out. Um, and they also, Eddie and Lou, I mean, they're they're men of the streets, right? They're con, they're con men on the streets. And so there is a local gangster named Sal Nichols that they, they owe money to. And so there's a lot going on that um, Eddie and Lou have to contend with. So um, they, they go and... They're really dealing with Sal's, like, one of his thugs. They're not really dealing directly with Sal. Uh-huh. This yeah. this thug as well. Oh, Pinky. Pinky? Yeah. Oh. He's just the I, worst. I mean, this guy. Oh, he, yeah, I don't like him. He cre- really yeah. creeps me out. Yeah, I mean, your name's Pinky. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing with yourself. Besides, <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, so, uh. They think, you know, they they get out of there. They think they're stealing Pinky's car. It ends up they're actually stealing Sal's car. So once they realize they've stolen Sal's car, they freak out and they leave the car on the side of the road. Um, and, and they don't realize that mm-hmm. there's something in it. Yeah, they didn't bother to check anything in the car because they were just so scared. So they ran out and um, turns out there was $60,000 in the uh, trunk of the car. Yeah. That they did not know about. I mean, I, I, a bad, bad call, like, stealing the car. Like, 
Like, you, you just paid the guy off. Like, you were, you were free and clear. You didn't need to get revenge. No. Like, just, like, walk away. Yeah. And based on inflation, $60,000 today would be one hundred and twenty, almost $122,000. So, so double. Um, yeah. I mean, even if it was $60,000 in today's money, that's still... I, I'd be okay with that if someone wanted to give Seriously. that to me. <laughs> But it's not enough to retire on today. No, no. <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> but I would still be excited about it. So, um, but yeah, so they don't realize that there was money in the trunk. And this car just gets taken apart, just pulled mm-hmm. apart. Every hubcaps, uh, uh, what is it? Doors of the car. Uh, everything. Everything, including that $60,000 gone. Yeah. I mean, you gotta feel like a real dummy if you're just the guy that came up and, like, tagged the car with spray paint, and, like, then the third guy is the one that's like, oh, I found $60,000. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah, because you've already seen the car, it's kind of a mess, you think, eh, you know, maybe I'll take something in the car or something. And, like, you open the trunk and it's like, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so... Also, they they just know that they screwed up Sal's car. They didn't even know about the money. And so they're already scared and they're like, okay, we've got to get out of town. Um, and so Eddie by way, decides... Sal, by the way, Sal, uh, in uh, um, for doing this, Sal throws Pinky off a bridge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which he survives. Yeah, How? I would not want to survive. I would just like, let me die. I mean, he looks like he's broken like every bone in his body after this. Yeah, he yeah. got thrown off a bridge. Ugh. Yeah, so Sal is not someone to to mess with. No. Um, but yeah, so they so Eddie and Lou end up getting separated, and Eddie decides that where he's gonna hide is he's gonna hide out in the abandoned house that they they found earlier. And um, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have it written down. Do you guys have what was the note he left for Lou? He said it was the. Oh yeah, he said to meet him at the stereo house. Ah, the stereo house. The stereo house. Which, to be fair, so Lou does take like a few days to find the stereo house. Yeah. And to be fair, I'm with Lou. Lou tells uh, Eddie, like, "Hey, you could have told me the pool table house or the house with the yeah, the <laughs> creamsicle house. house, yeah, the, the pops, house. the creamsicle house, yeah, like anything yeah. that wasn't so generic, like the stereo." Yeah, house. Lou, Lou goes uh, checking into like a um, like a, a store that that sells stereos called Stereo House. Understandably, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, in some ways I'm like, did Eddie just not want his friend to find him? <laughs> or was no. he just so freaked out over things and wasn't thinking when he wrote the note? I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Eddie ends up basically taking over this house, doesn't think anything of it because he knows the guy is out of town and um, is tired, goes to sleep, wakes up the next morning and really realizes what he's got going for him. This massive house oh. and it's super nice and... Mm-hmm. Um, Great place to crash. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. seriously. Yeah, I'd be okay if someone wanted me to, like, house it for them. I'm not going to move across the country. I'll just go stay at their place. It seems very nice. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And while he's there, he goes, he makes himself comfortable. He takes a shower. And when he comes out, he runs into Milt and Mona, who are David's parents. Milt and Mona. Mm Mm-hmm. Milt and Mona Malkin. Yeah, what a what a name. Yeah, well, that's their names. I mean, <laughs> that's at it. least they didn't give their kids like alliterative names as well, you know. Yeah, 
like Martha and Michael, Ma- like Malkin. Oh yeah, I'm Mike, Mike Malkin. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, son of Milt, son of Mona. <laughs> <laughs> Grandson of Merkin Merkin. Oh, wow. Um, I don't think that's a name. <laughs> Where are you from? Are you English? No, I'm Merkin. Uh, I'll stop now. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so he runs into um, Milt and Mona and he really has to think on his feet. And Milt and Mona know that David had his friend uh, uh, Jonathan house sitting for him. Yeah, his best friend, even though they've never met him. It was a yeah. college friend. Yeah, it I was mean, a college friend. Yeah. yeah. Your college friends met your family. Nah. Yeah. And uh, so so they knew that he was supposed to be staying over and they're already very impressed because I'm sure David talked his friend up, right? Like, Yeah. And he's like, he's like, you know, it's a, he, they went to Harvard together. This is like a successful businessman. Like all the Fortune 500 companies like are trying to hire him. So uh, Milt's, Milt's already like just like zeroed in on him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Eddie is not stupid, so he just plays along and was like, yeah, because he's not going to be like, oh, actually, um, Jonathan never showed up. I broke into your son's house <laughs> and I am staying here it's now. It's lovely. Yeah. Um, so he just plays along and Milton Mona um, decide to invite him to lunch. Oh, because also, oh no, it was so terrible when I flew in. They lost my luggage, so I don't have my clothes or my wallet or any money or credit cards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, so oh, they felt bad. They gave him money. <laughs> I mean, they seem to like, like, love this guy and be very interested in him immediately. Yeah, you know, I, there was, there was definitely, I think, watching the at least the way the documentary sw- made it. Vibes going on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were grooming him. They were yeah. grooming yeah. him. It was, it was, yeah, it was very strange. Is it grooming when they're all adults? So like, and it, yes. it theoretically, yes. Jonathan wasn't even a young. <laughs> <laughs> he was like in but, his thirties, <laughs> but like Eddie Farrell, like was a young-looking dude. He could pass for a child. I mean, it's not ah! criminal grooming, but like it's still grooming. Yeah, like they're but working I, at an angle. I didn't. I don't know if like Jonathan Albertson was like meant to be. You know, at college, he was like an American football player or something. But like Eddie Farrell is not a big guy. No, well, didn't they say he was like on the rowing team? I think or something. Yeah, mm. maybe. He, he was he was the wild man um, uh, musician mm-hmm. and on the rowing team. And um, he was the wild man. And, yeah. and offered jobs all over the place that he's actually been turning down. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not sure like why Jonathan was turning down so many of these jobs. But maybe my guess is because he was waiting for this job in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Because he seemed obviously very excited that he fucked over his friend and decided to go out there. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, also, like, I, I, it's not like, like, the parents are in town. Like, do they not, can they not, like, keep an eye on the house? Like, why were the newspapers piled up? Can't the parents drop yeah. by if there's not going to be yeah. somebody in the house for... His sister lives there. I mean, like, there's yeah. And they were people. coming, they were coming there... They didn't realize he was in town yet. They were going to leave a note because he was supposed to be coming into town. So, yeah, so why can't they look after the house? Yeah, why hasn't anyone been looking up into the house until this yeah. point? Milton Mona Merkel. Merkin? Merkel? No. Malkin. Malkin. <laughs> Malkin? <laughs> I keep thinking it's Merkin. It is definitely it not Merkin. It's not Merkel, like Angela Merkel. No, no. It's Milton Mona Malkin. How dare you, Claire? Malkin. <laughs> Um, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know why no one's watching this. And up until that point, so fine, Jonathan lives out of town and he's 
my guess is he was coming into town to hang out with his friend and for, you know, a few days or, you know, however long he was going to stay at his house until his friend got back into town. He was like, yeah, sure. Come, come crash at my place. I'll be out of town. Just watch my place. And then, you know, we'll hang out when I get back. Um, fine, whatever. But also there's definitely a stretch of time because there was at least four or five newspapers sitting up on mm-hmm. that porch. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, approximately a week's worth of time has gone by with nobody watching the house. It seems crazy that, like, Jonathan waited a week to tell David that he wouldn't be able to look after the house. And also, like, even if you get a new job, you don't usually have to start, like, the next day. Yeah. Also, I think he just didn't want to look after the house. That's what I think, too. I think he just didn't want to go hang out with friends. Rich people are always having people like watch their houses because they love having people like in their houses they love it because they got cool houses they got friends that want to stay in their cool houses yeah they want to show off their cool houses like listen if i go on a vacation like I, nobody's staying in my apartment what's the fucking point like yeah there's nothing here worth worthwhile our rich people love having people in their houses yeah like, Always. You'll never... Go out of town for two days. Somebody's staying at that house. Oh, would you water the plants? You're going to be gone for the weekend. Yeah, I just want to to keep an eye on the place. Yeah, Yeah, because, like, I'm I'm just thinking, like, even when we've gone out... I mean, it's very rare we go on vacation. But, like, even (laughs) even times we have, it's like, if we're going to be gone for, you know, a a week-ish, I might have you, like, come over and just get the mail. Like, so that way it's not, like... Piled yeah, in the mailbox. Like and, yeah, in the, exactly. Yeah. Like nothing. But I'm not. I mean, if you want to stay there, that's whatever. Because <laughs> we're not going to be there. So fine, whatevs. But I'm not also like, like you don't have to stay at my house. Like you could just stay at your house. Like <laughs> I don't. I don't know why. But I will say that uh, Brad and I have uh, someone we mutually know that has definitely had us both stay at their house before. But oh, that yeah. was because we watch their dogs sometimes yeah. too. So, but sometimes. She's just ass without the dogs. <laughs> She's True. asked me at least. And, and she does things like, when we've stayed over there, it's like, she gets all of, what do you like to eat? And she like stocks a refrigerator with like things we yeah. might possibly want to eat and leaves us money like we're children. <laughs> and be like, here's, here's food <laughs> yes. for I pizza. Mean, it's very nice. My used but to do that when I would house it, but I am their child. Well, so yeah, that's, like that's different. Yeah. I, I do like... say that, that that weekend we stayed and, and, uh, and we oh, were yeah. all there and hung out with the dogs was like one of the best. It was, like, was super fun. Because so it was fun. our dog and her three dogs. So it was a it was a crazy it was crazy it's three adults one child four dogs four beagles everybody had a dog it was great it was insane and it was for the weekend and yeah she left us money she put food in the fridge and her house is very large so it's not like we were on top of each other all of us staying in this place it was like definitely room to spread out (laughs) Mm -hmm. i mean it's not like jonathan's house but it's a very nice house yeah but it is just funny it's like because some of the stuff like because i noticed jonathan's refrigerator was had all kinds of shit in it and i'm just like you're gonna be gone for like weeks supposedly yeah like you have so much food in there but then i thought about our mutual friend and i was like oh she she leaves a lot of food my my friend uh my friend college magician had a nice house um he like he was out of town i think for like three days and he had me house set i was like okay cool i mean like, you had a cat, so... but, like, it's not like cats require much watching, but... No, you just have to feed him. No. Yeah, yeah I, I do feel like uh, dogs are a little needier. You really oh, yeah. Really oh, yeah. To... Plus, you want to. Like, that's... Yeah. 
I mean, my cat does wake me up in the morning sometimes because she's just demanding attention. So, you know, and wants her belly rubbed. So No, thank you. <laughs> she's, she's a bit more of a needy cat. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, uh, it is it is funny. I just have never really thought of it like that. But yeah, you're right, Brad. It's like, I mean, I don't, I don't have money. So <laughs> to have my friend watch my house would be... No. Without an animal, especially. Like, with an animal, yeah. obviously, that's different. Yeah, that's different. I'm really asking you to watch my pet. I'm not really watching. Like, yeah. You just happen to be at the house. But, yeah. It's a, if a burglar comes, I, I will grab Sammy and run. Exactly. exactly. And I'll, I am perfectly fine with that. I'd be like, yeah, that's what you should do. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, th- the fact that he just... I mean, Eddie's not stupid. He just plays along with Meltamona. But, yeah, I don't... To go back to the original thought don't know why none of his family members are watching his place no i i really feel it has something to do more with jonathan wanting to crash at his place than it does that he needed Mm -hmm. someone to house it um again i think jonathan just seems to be a terrible friend um so they they invite eddie out to lunch he meets their daughter annie um, she's not impressed by him. And plus, she's heard a lot of stories from her brother. Probably not the same stories the parents heard yeah. about Jonathan. And she's just and immediately, like the parents, Milton, Mona, are trying to like pair her and Jonathan up. Yeah, I feel like that's a th- a thing. I mean, not because she's an adult. She's obviously gone. I mean, she's gone to medical school. She mm-hmm. works in this clinic, so it's not like she's young they're not trying to pair their teenage daughter up with somebody this is an adult person but i do feel like um and claire i don't i don't know if this is if you've had this experience but it's like my parents oddly even at a young age were like oh you should talk to him or don't talk to that person never done that or except for once when they said to me after i came out and they said so um you know obviously katie's bringing paul to sing if you want to bring a special friend you can <laughs> i was like oh yeah i'm a special friend yeah and no, that's it, literally the only time they've just given up apart from that yeah my i mean my dad never my dad never i don't i'm I, i've been married for almost 20 years now and i think my dad's still like mm, all right <laughs> but i suppose my, he's sticking around i mean yeah, if anyone yeah. wants to hook me up with, with with their um adult professional daughter like i mean i'm open to it yeah yeah it's me too actually <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, me too. <laughs> it's, yeah, all of us will we'll be make ourselves available. Um, but yeah, they. I, I don't. I th- I think that culturally there is something that happens when a woman is past what what some in society would consider an appropriate marriage time, which thankfully mm-hmm. is getting later and later. Biological clock is ticking. But that biological clock thing happens, and parents at some point. I mean, definitely, you know, in some cases, and maybe this is more a thing in the 90s and previously more than today, but I think this is a thing. I think this is a thing. Like, hey, why aren't you married? Like, <laughs> um, so, and they, they make all kinds of comments. And Jonathan, apparently, like, one of the stories the sister knows about Jonathan is he dated some kind of, like, beauty pageant person and so she's Mm. she's like that's the kind of women he dates and i am just i just don't happen to be that kind of woman so i don't think he's going to be interested in me yeah and um she she really she leaves lunch halfway through so um and the whole time milt is i mean yes they're definitely looking for a threesome but also milt wants to have jonathan work for him immediately yeah yeah 
which I, he ends up being like in charge of marketing. So I'm like, is that what he was in school for? Like, I couldn't get a feel for what Jonathan had actually. I mean, I guess he got some sort of just gen- general business degree, maybe. Yeah, he, I mean, he's, he's seemingly like a well-established, um, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, involved in business. Um, he's, I mean, he's a known figure. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and Eddie, Milt, of uh, obviously, Milt Malkin, um, the largest, um, uh, one of the largest uh, hand dryer. Um, yeah. Uh, manufacturers. I bet Milt Milt Malkin. I can't say his name, Milt Malkin. I bet. I, I mean, I don't know if he's still alive or not. But I bet the company made a fortune from COVID because nobody wants to be touching towels and all that kind of gross stuff. Never um, wants. Uh, Claire, <laughs> no, op- quite the opposite. Uh, because we know now that like hand blow dryers like blow germs everywhere, and people are mm-hmm. using paper towels. Oh, that's instead. true. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Oh. I was just thinking hands free, you know. Yeah, and I don't know whatever happened to the the Malkin industry i mean pre-covid even because you know i i know there's dyson and there's that um excel like i think oh yeah i want to say like disney had that for the accelerators i those think for a while crazy. yeah yeah those like practically blow your hands off yeah it's pretty yeah. insane um and then i think i, I <laughs> it's just disney's the place <laughs> where i can just picture these a lot so Sorry, guys, I just have been to Disney a lot in my life. But I feel like accelerators were initially, and then they switched to Dyson's. Um, Air blades. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's... (laughs) um, But but yeah. yeah, Malkin, at at least at the time, was doing those old school um, blow dryers that never actually worked. So Which I, I don't like you know. because they you have to press a button. And yeah. so... And you just yeah. press a button like five yeah. times because it's like... Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, the, is there like a setting where we're like where, the, where people are just like turning down the string? Like, I want to save a few bucks. Yeah. Because like, there's no way that those things come like from the factory line and like are just barely blowing air like that. Yeah, and his direct competitor, if you guys remember, was um, World Dryer. Yeah. Was uh, the direct competitor for Malkin. Um... So if you guys can, if you guys don't know Malkin, you guys might want to Google like World Dryer because they were around for a little bit longer, and so you might get an image of that. So that's that's what. Um, Sorry, the guys, air we, have, we haven't been reading the '90s uh, uh, bathroom <laughs> trade journals in preparation for this. Well, I mean, not this week, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And like Brad said, yeah, you don't you don't need to use hand dryers anymore because they're unsanitary. <laughs> so, um. Oh, the things we learn over the years. But I mean, the other thing we've learned in recent years, especially last year, was that people didn't know how to wash their hands anyway. No. So, yeah. I mean, no. We get evidence of that in this documentary. That's true. It's very true. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's really interesting. We get a sneak peek of what the offices in the, the Malkin uh, Industries <laughs> looks like. And like... There's a safe in his office that's behind a dryer on the wall. Yeah, he's obsessed. There is, um, in the boardroom, there is a full wall of dryers as artwork. Yeah. They're really into their product. I mean, yeah, to go back to his office for a second, in that Mm -hmm. um, hand dryer uh, safe, he keeps, like, what is it, $180,000 in cash? Yeah. And and that valuable baseball. Yeah, and his uh, his signed baseball. But I... 
And he says because, like, some of the people he works with, uh, like, they're old school and, and they only trust cash money. I, I'm sorry, like, I, I, this documentary doesn't go into it, but I feel like there, there's certainly some, some crimes going on somewhere that we are not aware oh, yeah. of. I mean, oh, yeah. Chicago in 1990, I, well, Chicago in any given time. Just but, Chicago, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Rahm Emanuel, come on. Um, yeah, sketchy, sketchy. Yeah, it's got, I mean, it has to be, right? It's got to be sketchy business, because, like, it doesn't even make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, like even if they don't, if they just, like, cash, like, there's a paper trail somewhere, right, Milt? Right? I mean, if you're doing, <laughs> um, like, real business, um, I, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's just, it's a very, it's a very weird statement. It's very weird that he has this much cash. Yeah. Um, but Eddie sees all this and obviously wants some, so he goes back to the pros, which is his aunt and uncle, who really taught him how to con from a young age. Mm-hmm. Guys, what do they say is the best way to con somebody in the situation he's in? I mean, you gotta go, love. gotta go for the love con. Yep, yep. But you don't put love in a love con. Except, that's right! <laughs> oh no! You're, but you're right, Claire. That's a that's a good tip for anybody. Don't put love Brad, in a love con. Would you con. do a love con? Um, I'm not going to say on the podcast. I mean, if I happen <laughs> to fall in love, if if me and someone that is insanely wealthy happen to fall in love, um, you know, who knows? Who knows? And and yeah, yeah. Did Queen Elizabeth um recently become a widow? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is she going to need comfort? Um, uh, maybe. Um, you know, I've always been a big supporter of the royals. Um, I'll put you in touch, Brad. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I live in London, she does as well, you know. Yeah, I think, I, I think we could really have something. I mean, who doesn't love a corgi? Who doesn't love a corgi? I mean, they're adorable. Yeah. Meghan Markle is gonna call me grandpa. It's cool. <laughs> do you, do, will you, um, help bridge that, that family gap yeah, there? Yeah, I think... I think I think uh, once uh, you know I'm not I'm not saying you know necessarily I don't know I'm not saying anything you know am I am I gonna propose who knows who knows it's too soon to say but you know I think that there's a chance that we could just reunify the family and just really bring it together bring our countries together uh, oh, bring bad. our family together. Wow, yeah. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I mean that's love. That's that's the power of love. Yeah. Just don't get Brad. Just, um, you know, I'm not saying this is what you're doing, but I am just as a friend telling you, don't put love in a love con. That's all I'm saying. Really? Uh, oh, no, that's, that just a, that's just no, love a general a love statement. Con. That's amateur night. No, can't have that. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah. True. So this Eddie, is actual love. This is actual love. This isn't a con, obviously. No, of not course a con. not. Of course not. <laughs> Ridiculous. Not. So why would I be conning? That, that's insane. Why would, I, why, would I, why would I be? Why would I be conning somebody to become a royal? That's ridiculous. That's I know. Exactly. Oh, Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> All right, Pierce Morgan. Okay, Daily Mail. <laughs> oh. What is his uncle's name? Because it's Max. Max. Okay. Thank you. Because it's Connie, right? Is yeah, yeah. So Connie the con woman. Yeah, his his aunt Connie and his uncle Max. Yeah. So they're they're telling him like, hey, uh, the- wait. When you put their names together, it's Max Con, the biggest con ever. <laughs> wow Just saying. wow you are saying that's mm-hmm. right you are <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so they they go ahead and they say look well really connie's like 
the best way to get to this money is through the daughter. You got to yeah. do a love con. Get in with the daughter. You get the money. Like that's. I mean, I th- I feel like if he went after the parents, he's still in with a chance because <laughs> I think uh, they're yeah. more interested than the daughter. You know. Yeah. yeah. I yeah I yeah I I just don't think I don't think I, mean, I don't think he was picking up the vibes, but they were or, definitely there. Oh yeah. yeah yeah they were throwing him out throwing him out. So um yeah I mean th- he got hired like immediately. So yeah so Milt hires him as the head of marketing. And Eddie actually does a, a pretty good job. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so they're, they're trying to, to come up with a new marketing idea. And uh, Eddie has this idea to put their signage uh, in the back of bathroom stalls. So, Well, first of all, he, he calls a board meeting in a bathroom. Oh, yeah, yeah. He takes them all to the bathroom to talk to Which them. Which is Oof. is a, is just no, no. No, thank you. And multiple Absolutely people not. and stalls together. Yeah. like yeah. Sit- nope. And also sitting, like, on a toilet. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, no. Nope. No, thank you. Uh, but yeah, his idea is just basically to put in, like, uh, basically, like, like, LED billboards, like, for advertising in the stalls. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting because, I mean... I know what he's do- he's like okay yeah we can go ahead and put in our own billboards in these stalls because we actually make stalls as well I guess yeah <laughs> it's yeah. not they just a dryer company but they also make yeah. these doors um but I was like man I feel like that would actually be a way to get advertising dollars like yeah I think that's what I think that's what the actual idea is oh okay he's just showing the example like you know oh, okay oh, okay because that makes more sense because yeah. I'm like what why are they advertising dryers <laughs> no I, I think the idea is that they can put whatever advertisements they want on those and yeah sell yeah. ad space which is I mean not a bad idea yeah I mean they do that now so not with the led things but like over here you get you know like posters for stuff yeah there are certain restrooms here yeah 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 i feel we're not too far from like having like led screens just everywhere just showing advertising Mm -hmm. on everything you guys don't have toilet doors that are as big as our ones no so you have less space to advertise i guess it's true. I mean, not that much less, but yes, less. You guys have like <laughs> you guys have like a foot at the top and bottom. That's yeah, like they're smaller. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be floor to to ceiling ad space, though. I mean, oh, it doesn't... if it was, it was just a picture of someone pointing at you. I don't. I don't like, like that. Size. I don't like, like it. Buy my shit. No. no. While you while you shit. <laughs> <laughs> buy my shit while you shit. <laughs> It's just Jeff Bezos yelling at you. <laughs> Buy my shit while you shit. <laughs> and here's Amazon. something that can help you with shitting. Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> unless you unless you happen to be um, reading this advertisement at an Amazon warehouse, then get the fuck back to where exactly. your break's over. You're not allowed to yeah. shit or You're not pee. To shit. You're not allowed to shit or unionize. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, he comes, he, so I, I am like, well, I mean, granted, he probably shouldn't be head of marketing, but he came up with one good idea, so good on him. And an idea that, obviously, the actual marketing people that work there <laughs> never came up with. <laughs> uh, but that just puts Milton in, like, such a, a happy place. Because um, they're going to make money, finally, instead of losing money. He also does this thing where he's like, oh, yeah, take a take a look at this spreadsheet. And I know Brad and I were talking about this, too. It's like, he, like, 
Eddie turns it and is like, oh, and then Milton like turns like, oh, you're looking at it the wrong way. But I feel mm. like the way Milton was looking at it was the wrong Makes way. more sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, this. why would you look at it sideways? Like, that doesn't yeah, make I don't any know. sense. I don't really understand what that was illustrating. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Eddie's piece was like, oh, well, you know, I'm just looking at it with a fresh perspective. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's not what that, that means if you're looking at something incorrectly, but that's, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so they, he decides to go to, um, what was it? What was the event that they went to? Oh, the uh, bar mitzvah? The bar mitzvah, yeah. And Bubby's there. So he gets in good with Bubby and he so pretends he to, to pretend be Jewish. To be Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. So how does he learn to be Jewish, guys? Well, Best way? <laughs> watch uh, Fiddler on the Roof, of course. That'll do it. Yeah, that's that's the best way, I'm sure. It's what I'm everything sure. I know about being Jewish is from Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> <laughs> Tradition. Yeah. So, um... The papa, the papa. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he starts little by little when winning Annie over. Yeah. And he, he really is working hard to win Annie over. You know, he's... But it's built on a throne of lies. Well, you know, no. a lot of things are. A lot it's of things are, con. to be honest. It's true. <laughs> he shows up at her clinic that she works at. Mm-hmm. Um, he pretends to be a spooky ghost. Yeah. That's, that's not funny. No. <laughs> Tell me, is that how Dan woos you? No, no. I mean, <laughs> he tried, and I was like, I'm not interested in spooky ghosts. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, but no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, g- give me your number. If I am interested in spooky ghosts, I'll give you a call. <laughs> Thank you. If I ever no. change my mind and I become interested in spooky ghosts, you'll be the first person I call. <laughs> she then pretty much forces him to give blood, which is... Mm-hmm. I'm very yeah, frightened like, for a medical what professional. What if he's a hemophiliac? Yeah. And, and he a, bleeds out. He's a tiny dies. guy. Like, I'm just like, he might he's need so that blood. Tiny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he needs every drop of that blood. Um, and he does, he, he passes out. I I mean, I feel like just from nerves and like, what the fuck's going on right now? <laughs> like, you might just, and then a needle's in your arm and blood's coming out. I feel like, Ooh. yeah, that's a, probably a time to like, you're, body just tenses up and you pass out <laughs> just like what the hell yeah that's what's going on you can't just be going around stealing people's blood yeah no. that's, that's why that's why we don't allow vampires in this society mm-hmm. what about polite yeah, ones that ask time. for consent though brad oh well i mean you know as long as they're asking for consent that's okay. fine yeah but stay away from me you have to be you have like you have to invite a vampire into your home and you have to get consent to take blood from someone. Yeah. Um but yeah, so he but he is like just slowly chipping away at her hard exterior. Mm-hmm. Um they even go out for a night on the town to the bar called the Quarry. Yeah, and, what um, is this bar? <laughs> what is it? It is a very bizarre place. If anyone's been to the Quarry in Chicago, like please tell us because i don't know what this place is no it is it is let's talk for five hours about this yes yeah it is it is some wild like wild wild looks a wild karaoke setup like the whole thing is very bizarre yeah Yeah. is it like it's so it's a karaoke bar yeah, well, it's definitely set up for karaoke because they've got a guy back there with like lyric sheets and stuff. But that woman was not singing karaoke, the first woman, right? I, well, I think she just knew the song, but yeah, I think it's yeah, because oh. there's not a band okay. up there. True. Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah, I don't... Yeah, that... This is like old school karaoke before, like, karaoke machines when they just handed you a sheet of paper. Oh, yeah, I remember that. So, um, yeah, it, it's very... It's very crazy. Um, one of the stories Annie had heard about Jonathan is, like, this idea of him being called the wild man, and I... I guess that means he went and sang karaoke out places. I don't know, like, or or he had a band, or yeah, he yeah. was a wild Harvard rocker. Yeah, that's something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, were either of you a wild karaoke rocker at any time? No, I mean, no. I mean, I did karaoke, and we had yeah. karaoke at the house a lot. So, nice. but um, I, I would a, not a... say I'm a wild karaoke rocker. I found a Korean um, uh, karaoke bar once, and they had all the songs, um, the Hedwig Robinson songs, Tammy. Wow. And so we sang all of them, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I went to a place one time that had um, songs from Little Shop, and so that's <laughs> a lot Amazing. of... That, that uh, true, true crime documentary that we've covered. Ooh. Um, so that's... It was... That was fun. Um... And I have went to a karaoke bar. Now now they seem to be in different places, but forever ago, like pre-Josie time. So that's like a lifetime ago. But uh, it was a... times. Yeah, yeah, pre-Joe times. Um, but it was a bar that had a live band doing karaoke. So you would go up there and they would play wow. your, your song as a band. And then it was like, it was really cool to watch because it was like these people were like fucking rock stars. Yeah. Because they had a live band behind them. <laughs> really wild um but i know like uh universal i think city walk does that now and stuff so anyway um but yeah so he so okay so in the bar you've got theoretically these richy rich people but you also have um pinky ends up being at that bar yeah pinky who hangs out and plays pool at some pool hall like gross pool hall with all the other thugs is at this high-end bar is this high-end waitresses don't, think it is. don't have not even slightly matching outfits but and all look much. trashy <laughs> yeah yeah i think not, this is a not, sketchy dive place i don't think there's any high-end people here except is um, it because there's a lot of people that look like them in this bar <laughs> so mm. i seem and it's i don't know definitely cleaner than that pool hall that was we saw earlier oh yeah yeah, there's a lot of people, like, in suits and shit in this bar. Yeah, I just think this is just a- 80s, like, regular... I don't I don't, I don't, don't think there's... But I don't. I think this is just regular, run-of-the-mill peoples. I don't think this is... I don't think there's anything high-end going on. I don't know. This Ooh. looks like a hotel bar situation to me. It's a strange place. It is no. a very, very strange place. Again, if anyone's been there, tell us your experience. Indeed. Did you sing karaoke? Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Did you sing karaoke? Um, but I like, you know, Eddie again, up for any con, goes up there and rocks his little heart out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does such an amazing job. He really does. <laughs> and gets really into it. It's a good time. And beats up Pinky at the same time. Yeah. And then flees quickly <laughs> afterward <laughs> because Pinky's the in there. <laughs> yeah. Um,. But yeah, so so you can see little by little Annie falling in love with uh, uh with Eddie, aka fake Jonathan. Fakey Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan. Um, this whole time, by the way, Lou has found Eddie and is now also staying at the house. 
Yeah, and he's pretending that he's his broker. Yeah, he, yeah, he's a broker. Like he's his, he's his friend. He was a broker who had a, a breakdown. He had, he was so stressed and he had like a mental breakdown. And that if you're a broker and you have a breakdown, is it called a breakdown? Mm. <laughs> it's like Brad and I are like. Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, the boy. I'll, I'll leave now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd like I'd like you to see yourself out on that one. <laughs> um, I think we're going to start rethinking that executioner policy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just like that that's the explanation to why Lou is the way he is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but Lou does help him with a uh, a scam. That gets pulled for business purposes for Milt, which is someone has decided they don't want to use Milt's hand dryers. Uh, they want to stick with paper towels. Yeah, they they lie to him about a meeting. They say they can't make it because they've got something else. And... Which is like, honestly, they don't have to tell him shit. They're in a different yeah, company. Yeah. Whatever. Seriously. It's such a weird thing uh, that they were like, oh, he lied to me about where he was going. Who cares? He's it's not your business. You're, you're allowed to lie to people. Like, it's... This is part of, part of being a person. Yeah, also, I'm lying he, right now. He oh. could have just said, we're leaving, and not told you anything. <laughs> like, there's, mm-hmm. he owes you nothing. Yeah, I think I, I I definitely, like, I think when I was a kid, I was confused by this, because I was like, wait, does that, does that guy work for him or something? What's happening? Why is there... Yeah, no. Um, but no, no, it's just... Another, he was just trying to basically get this guy's business. Yeah. yeah. What an entitled asshole. Yeah. And, um, so... Mil- I'm sorry, not Milt. Uh, Eddie pulls this con. <laughs> I would love if Milt pulled the con, but no. Eddie uh, pulls this con where he pretends to be the president while the other client is like in the bathroom and really yeah. talks up hand dryers. And this is, by the way, this is at a Chicago Cubs game. Yes. Yeah, like, they pay sorry. off everybody in the bathroom yeah. to do this. Which it didn't seem like he was giving him a lot of money. Like, no. Which is like, fine. I mean, yeah. if someone says, hey, for 20 bucks, just say, oh, I want to use the dryer now. Okay, sure. <laughs> and you're going to give me 20 bucks for saying that? Uh, they cool. also use the dryer without washing their hands. Um, also, the client comes out and touches his mouth without washing his hands. So yeah. And then proceeds to leave the restroom without washing yeah. his hands at all. Yeah. So There's a lot of not washing your hands. Yeah. In a place yeah. where they're promoting a hand dryer. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, really it's something. Gross. But yeah, he, uh, Eddie impersonates uh, George H.W. Bush um, talking up hand dryers. Mm-hmm. And Milt is so impressed because uh, what ends up happening is his client comes back and makes a deal with him. That he gives Eddie his prize baseball. And um, Eddie just starts to... I think Eddie's more falling in love with the parents person than, oh, <laughs> than yeah. Annie to some level. Um, and he kind of starts feeling bad that they're pulling this this con, and he so he actually tries to go talk to Annie to tell her like what's happening, but Annie misreads the cues and uh, thinks that Eddie is proposing to her, Oof. and accepts before like you can't accept something that hasn't happened. Yeah, that's that's wild. I also, should've... you shouldn't have gone to talk to her to confess this yeah. at her work. No. Yeah. Right. I just want to uh, step back for a split second. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at the scene where uh, he gives them the the baseball, and Milt's got his hand on Eddie's shoulder, and his hand is so big <laughs> that it's like, <laughs> just like his entire shoulder is just enwrapped in this giant hand. Because Eddie was a tiny guy. <laughs> so tiny, so tiny. It's it's very upsetting. 
Yeah, and he said he's a small guy, so how they thought he was... I mean, just listening to the description of Jonathan, I'm like, how did you ever think this guy is Jonathan? Oh. Um, but yeah, this, this uh, proposal Oof. thing is very bizarre to me. Um, but also, to Claire's point, I don't know why you would go to her work to tell her this. Yeah, no, it's... It's. It seems like. Yeah, this seems to be. This needs to be a quiet conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it's a giant hand. It's like his whole arm in that hand, Brad. Yeah. Yeah, he's just. A, he's such a tiny. Like I don't. Oh, and I don't know if you guys noticed the little signage at Annie's work. She so she's got all these kids. But she's like a doctor, but they have like a dental poster up. Yeah, what does that sign say? It says, holy teeth are not long for this world. And it's a gross tooth with decayed and holes in it with little angel wings. Holy teeth, Batman. Wow. Holy teeth are not long for this world. That, I mean, you gotta do a, as a kid, you gotta do a lot of extra work to figure (laughs) out, like, oh, that means I need to brush my teeth. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Like, that's, there's a lot of lifting (laughs) that goes on with that sign. (laughs) Like, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that works for kids. Yeah, it's not, it's not a great sign. It's not a great sign. Also, it kind of just looks like a little cow, a cow tooth. It doesn't, like, for a moment, (laughs) I wasn't sure it was, like, a decay, like, I I had to read the sign to understand it was a decaying tooth and not a tooth that just had cow spots on it. Oh, very, very bizarre. Yeah. Um, so... By this time, Sal Nichols, uh, guys, you remember Sal, he's who they stole the- well, they didn't steal the money from, but Sal thinks that they stole the $2,000. So he comes across Eddie and Lou, um, beats the shit out of Lou, um, and Eddie says, okay, fine, uh, you know what, I can- I can get you $180,000. I'm really not sure why Eddie offers up $180,000. No, I yeah. mean, always- these- these- these con men just keep raising the stakes, and it's like, guys- Calm it down. No reason, really. For no reason. Mm. Um, like, they're not asking for that, so why offer it up? Yeah, you don't need to sweeten this deal. Like, the deal, like, it's, like, like, give yourself some room to negotiate. Yeah. Yeah, There's no, there's no room to negotiate. So, um, but Eddie, Eddie's just trying to save his life, right? Like, he's got a gun to his face. He's like, sure, I can get you $180,000. So, um, so obviously Sal is not going to kill him. Yeah. And he's like, okay, let's let's do that then. Um, he also talks about getting him a contracting job with the city. There's a lot of cons yeah. going on at once, yeah. and I'll so, be honest, they, I was like a little like lot. He lot. he steals he steals the hundred and eighty from Milt's safe, yeah. and he gives that to Sal to pay him off. But once he gives him the money, he's like, hey, um, I can I can get That's you double potatoes. this. I can, yeah. this is nothing. I can get you, I can get you a hell of a lot more than this. Um, how about, like, I get you, like, $1.9 million? Because we know he also runs, like, a, uh, like a contracting company. Um, cause he's, you know, all mafia, moff, mobbed up. So, I, so he's, so the idea is he's going to do that, but there's gonna be a payoff. There's gonna be a kickback, uh, to the city building inspector, and that way he can get Milt's money back. Mm-hmm. So it's a con and a con to get the money to pay Milt back. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. Outside a lot. outside of the love con going on. Yeah. <laughs> what a con. Guys, you want cons. This is your movie. And or, see, this, con- is, this is your, your documentary. This is the problem with cons. Like, I mean, who doesn't love a good con? It's great. But 
it's it's so much more work than actually doing things. Yeah. <laughs> like I it's I like if you're gonna go to this much effort and stress and like all this shit, like you might as well just like, I don't know, do something to make money. Like Yeah. Too much work. Too much work. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, like, the cons they, they were originally doing, this whole idea of, like, just stealing TVs, like, granted, they don't know that, but that's not a con for the long run, but <laughs> yeah. but for con. that term, fine, they've got it down. Yeah, they were doing, that's like, making little, money. like, survival cash cons. Yeah. But this is, like, big scale, and, like... Yeah. Um. So they get his... They get... Uh, Connie and Max in on the the con as well to portray the commissioner to go ahead and get a deal with um, Sal, so a fake deal, and it's to to take down a building and start new. Um, so he doesn't ask what building it is or anything. No, no. You would think as okay. So I get that it's a con, but also he is running a construction company. Oh, yeah. So he would know like what certain buildings are like it's yeah. not hard information to get. I mean Sal like Sal is very bad at his job first of all like yeah he loses the 60,000 but that's because he trusts Pinky and he tells Pinky when he throws him over the bridge he's like how many times have I told you not to leave my money in the in the car when yeah. you're like at somewhere so apparently this has happened before yeah, he's just, and so he's not he good at what he does. Like, get rid of Pinky. Like, stop employing Pinky. Yeah. Um. So the the whole thought process here is like, okay, we're going to do this deal. We're also just going to take the money and we're going to run as a family. Yeah. Um. So they're getting ready to kind of get their bags together and get the fuck out of town. And um, Milt and Mona and Annie decide to drop by for... Uh, a celebratory dinner, I guess. With yeah, yeah, I think celebrate so. that engagement. Yeah, um, and they walk in on Connie and Max there with suitcases, and so they come up with a pretty quick idea that, oh, this is actually my mom and dad. Thanks uh, for coming and meeting them. And um, you know, Max and Connie are actually, I think, having a great time because they're just conning their it. little hearts out. Oh yeah, and they haven't conned for a while, so they're loving it. Yeah. I love Connie um, stealing, stealing the earrings from Mona. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. So when they're getting things out of the fridge to, like, serve this, like, impromptu dinner, there's so many- they have so many cheeses in this oh. fridge. <laughs> that sounds delightful. It was so many. I just am like, what is all this that Annie is taking out of the fridge? And I'm like, oh, there, there's just a lot of cheese, and then I don't know what other thing she's holding, but- there's definitely at least three different kinds of cheeses she's holding. Oh, yeah. All um, the cheeses. Yeah. And then they've got crackers. There's, I mean, this, you know, uh, David definitely left a lot of nice stuff for his friend in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they come up with a plan to just kind of get out of the house. And what ends up happening is David calls to say he's on his way home. He landed and he's going to come home. And uh, they end up talking to... Well, he talks to Eddie, who pretends to be Jonathan. And, and David's immediately suspicious. Yeah, because I'm sure. Sh- yeah. uh, we've heard Jonathan's voice at the beginning. Uh, we heard him on the uh, the answering machine. And Jonathan and Eddie do not sound anything alike. Nope. Um, and so Eddie just plays it off and says, Oh, you know, I can't believe it. His limo, his car didn't show up to pick him up. I guess we're going to have to go to the airport and go pick him up. 
Um, and that's a pretty good way to get out of there. I mean, this all falls apart if David just calls back immediately and says, yeah. who the fuck was that? Yep. Yeah. I'm surprised he doesn't. Yeah. No, I think he I think he gets more concerned of like who the fuck is at my house and like wants to get home immediately. Yeah. Is my thought. Mm. Um so they leave the house, they go meet Sal, they sign some paperwork, they transfer like money over, there's money changing hands. And uh, he tells them what building to take down by just pointing at it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah and by one. the way, I, and we needed to, uh, we needed to demolitioned uh, over the weekend. Yeah. yeah. Immediately. He's yeah. like, nobody works at the weekend. I guess those were the days construction people got the weekend off. I know. I was like, really? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and everyone, they don't know where anyone is because the whole family like up and left. <laughs> and of course, they're, the initial plan here is that they're gonna um, fly out to Miami, which, of course, where all criminals go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we live in Florida, we know. Oh, yeah. So, well, that's... Also, yeah, I mean, we covered previous uh, documentary Miami Connection. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're gonna hook up with the folks from Miami Connection. <laughs> the ones that are those, still alive. Those poor, poor people that escaped, uh, escape, escaped the terrors of Fidel Castro. Oh. All those wealthy, wealthy yeah, uh, slave yeah. owners and uh, <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. true criminals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but Eddie has got caught in a love con. He's 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 in love in a love con. Yeah, he's put love in a love con. It's the worst mistake yeah. anyone Amateur could hour. make ever. Amateur hour. Yeah. Yeah. So he has to go back and he has to tell Annie the truth and he has to tell the family the truth. They are pissed, and also, at first, I'm believing, because how, why, what? But Jonathan's uh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, say, I'm not, I'm not a Jonathan, so... Sorry, Brad, when sorry you about do a this. love con, sorry, if you do a love con, mm-hmm. don't fall in love in a love con. I mean, of course not, of course not. Amateur yeah. hour. Yeah. Just, now, will I fall in love with those cute little corgis? I don't know. <laughs> Okay. I mean, uh, if that were the con you were thinking about, <laughs> but uh, that yeah, would be a con. If, that would be a con. When, if, if that. I mean, yeah. What me, what me and Elizabeth have this is true. Um, exactly. And for real. Exactly. But what me and those corgis have is definitely for real. Aww, <laughs> little corgis. Little sweet little pups. Um. Yeah. David shows up. Uh, sh- shows up home and. None the wiser, really. Like, what the fuck just happened in my life while I was away somewhere far away <laughs> for a while? <laughs> Where life just continued without him in uh, his house. <laughs> um, you, we also get some news footage of Sal being uh, arrested because they took down... Was it the IRS <laughs> the building? Yeah. yeah, the IRS building. Yeah. Um, people, like, if any people listening live in Chicago, you probably remember when that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, we we got to see in the documentary some of the news footage, so I'm sure you guys remember that. Yeah, it was kind of a big deal. Yeah, and we see that the family is is really sad to have found out that the Eddie or the 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 Jonathan they know and love is really Eddie, and he was a fake and phony this whole time. But they they wish it weren't so. They wish it weren't so. Um, I do wonder how, like, I mean, sorry, I know we'll probably talk about what, you know, what we know or don't know about what happened after the events of this documentary. I do wonder how this impacted the relationship 
between the Malkins and the real Jonathan and the Malkins and their son. Well, I was thinking more of Eddie and David because the parents have never met Jonathan, so they didn't really have a relationship with him before. But I wonder if they meet him now and he'll be like... This This reminds me of uh, um, a previous case we've talked about, the Lucy Moderats case. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, when the, the, the family, like, they find out the truth and it's like, oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't, we still kind of like the con better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, Eddie tries to continue to apologize to Annie. She's not having it, which, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, she, she can't help herself. She can't help herself. And when she goes outside, he stands in the middle of the road to talk to her, which I know when we were watching this uh, documentary, I mentioned, I'm like, well, that's dangerous. He shouldn't stand in the middle of the road. Uh. And what happens? I'm sure Brad, who have seen seen this documentary a million times, was like, "That's right, <laughs> shouldn't be." Definitely correct. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tammy got conned. I got conned, and I love con. Um, but yeah, so he gets hit <laughs> hit by a car, and Annie goes running to his side, and obviously it was a fake car running over because Lou was driving. Oh. I just. I don't understand how they know how to get hit by a car. <laughs> well, I think it's a, I think it's like a pratfall thing. It's like, you know, when you when you fake a fall, you control it so that it looks worse than it actually is and you hit like the right parts of your body, you know. I mean, I can see like with Lou cuz I feel like Lou also would be a little more controlled of the vehicle. Well, but because when when the first one happens um, yeah. and Lou gets hit, I think the thing is, though, it's in real slow-moving, busy traffic, and he walks out in front of the car, and it, it, and because of where it is, the car isn't moving that fast. I but, guess. Uh, I'm feeling like you know. I just still would not want to get hit by a moving vehicle, <laughs> slow yeah, or certainly, not. <laughs> it's certainly risky. As someone who's been hit by multiple cars yeah. in my life, yeah. um, walking the streets, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I just... Just, I don't know. It's a very, it's a very odd con. Yeah, no, it's not great. Because it also assumes that, that it's not just going to be a hit and run situation where if someone mm-hmm. thinks they hit you and they just drive over you and get the fuck out of there, which is, mm, I think, more likely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm, I don't like it. Um, I mean, again, in this case, it was Lou, so right. it was all, all planned and on purpose. All part of the scheme. Yeah, and the scheme was for Annie to admit she still loves eddie even though she thought she loved jonathan but that jonathan isn't real i mean when you when you start your relationship built on lies why not resuscitate it with more lies and oh, deceit? So... it's healthy right <sighs> guys guys every every true relationship has to be built on a foundation of sand <laughs> <laughs> That's how you build sandcastles. <laughs> the most reliable structure. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that's that's really the the case um, for yeah for the, the this case against Eddie Farrell for um, case opportunity knocks documentary that we watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't. As far as where are they now? I mean. There's still a lot of cons going on, I'm sure. Yeah. So maybe um, they're behind it. <laughs> yeah, names may have been changed in this documentary or something. No clue. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's possible for sure. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, they uh, for the most part, this is like the biggest con they've ever done, including the love con. 
Uh, but they they were doing such small time cons. I'm sure they're mm-hmm. you know oh, that yeah. guys. There's not going to be a lot of information out there. It's not like a, a murder or anything like that. So, um, so that, there's not a lot of follow up. And the documentary, like I said, we all watched was Opportunity Knocks. Um, so you can check that out. It came out in 1990. It's a classic. I will say for a documentary, it had a really good soundtrack. Definitely, so, mm. definitely. Does uh. They knew what they were putting together with this one. Yeah. Um, so, Brad, tell us tell us what we're doing next. Uh, friends, now it is time for Judge, Judge jury, jury, and Executioner. I'm sorry, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> that's not no. that's not how the music goes, but okay. <laughs> um, Brad, I was just doing that little song, and while I was doing that, I was thinking, hang on, oh. like I know you said the whole thing about execution might change, but I don't get what you mean by that because obviously we have a judge, a jury, and an executioner. So wh- I I don't get what you mean. Oh, Claire, oh. I'm so glad you asked. Oh, are oh, you? <laughs> no, it was a con. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not glad at all. <laughs> oh. Claire, My pants are on fire. <laughs> as 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 we've uh, uh, stated repeatedly on every single episode. Every? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, okay. Yes. The segment is called Judge, judge Jury and Executioner. Uh, will we have a judge? Yes. Yes, we will. I am the judge. Uh, will we have a jury? Absolutely not. No. We don't want riffraff on our podcast. Yeah. Get out of here, scum. Ugh. No thanks. Like, listen, we're just going to open this place up and let random people make decisions? No, no, no. That's not how it works. Are you motherfuckers contributing to the hosting fees? I don't think you are. So, no. Don't think so. Um, will we have an executioner? No. No, of course not. The death penalty is morally wrong. We can't have it. Uh, stop asking. Everyone that asks us to have a death penalty for a podcast, uh, gross. That's that's yeah. not okay. Don't like it. It's not podcasts don't yeah. get to murder people. Like, I, I I don't know why you people think they do. It's it's very disturbing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I've got it. I hope so. Right. I'll quiz you well, next I can't, month. I can't promise anything. I'm just saying. Well, well. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, yeah. So I will be uh, a judge. Um, who's prosecution and who's defense? I am. Oh. <laughs> For everything. Oh. Um, <laughs> Claire will be up against myself. herself. This is really a time away for me. <laughs> and Tammy, please put your feet up and enjoy the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it would be great. <laughs> Claire, can you do both, please? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, uh, actually, Claire is prosecution and I am defense. Okay. All right. Wonderful. <laughs> Glad we cleared Although, that up. <laughs> I really need this to happen now. Yeah. Siri, if you could, uh, <laughs> or, or whatever we're using now, can you uh, We're using teamk.com. Okay. <laughs> can we make it so... Players <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, Yeah, all right. So, uh, uh, well, now uh, court is in session. Uh, prosecution. Uh, let's hear your opening statements. Okay. Well, Eddie Farrell, he's a monster, and I will prove this um, by bringing many charges against him. Many charges? Um, Many charges. (laughs) How many? You'll find out. (laughs) Also, (laughs) 
Also, Judge, you look lovely today, and also that looks like a lovely drink you're drinking. Oh, it and truly might, is. Might I remind you, Judge, that the only reason you're drinking such a lovely drink is because you're inspired by my podcast. Thanks. I just thought I'd say that. All right, all right. I don't, I don't know if that was a, I don't know if that was a threat or, uh, <laughs> or trying to take credit for my delicious drink that I made. Um, <laughs> Always trying to take credit. I find it problem. I'll say that. It was I find a very it weird counselor. comment. <laughs> counselor, you're on thin ice already. <laughs> Uh, so let's go through the charges. Um, Eddie Farrell, uh, I mean, there's so many. Eddie Farrell, charge number one, breaking and entering. They broke into the house of David Mulkin, um, were going to steal his stuff, but instead moved in and Eddie Farrell pretended to be Jonathan Albertson, which is charge number two, identity theft of Jonathan Albertson. You can't just run around and pretend to be other people, and you can't break into other people's houses and try and steal their shit. It's not on. Uh, so that's the first two charges. Third charge is uh, stealing a car um, and a load of money. Granted, he didn't know the money was in the car, but it was in the car, so they also stole that money. $60,000. And that was Sal's car, so that's charge number three. Uh, charge number four is generally just being gross. Um, might I point at Eddie Farrell's gross shoes at the start of this documentary, where I nearly threw up? Might I point at his insistence at holding meetings in uh, bathrooms, which is gross? Might I point at him spitting in his hand to, to shake hands with people? Uh, this is no. This this person cannot be allowed to 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 run around in society. It's not on. Um, and then we have one of the most serious charges, which is bringing love into a love con, mm. something that is never done. Um, he needs to be locked up. He needs to be found guilty. He is a monster. That is my opening statement. Interesting. Oh, boy. That's a lot of charges. Um, Tammy, uh, what say you? All right. Um, first of all, thank you, Claire, for making it very clear what your charges were. <laughs> By the way, you also look lovely today. Oh, thank you. Um, um, uh, counselor, I'm going to ask that there's a little less fraternization and uh, <laughs> a, a little a, a little more spice in the courtroom and a little less friendliness. <laughs> noted, Judge. Noted. Uh, <laughs> I will say, uh, Judge, I like your drink too, and um, you know, maybe we'll have we'll share one of those drinks at some point uh, after this pandemic is over because. It really looked very tasty. It's, it, it's very, very tasty. I'm going to make one of those drinks as well. And strong. <laughs> nice. Um, I just wanted to comment on the drink too, because I also have <laughs> seen a picture of it and was very excited about it to mm. the point where I share it with my husband and said, look at this drink. It's good. <laughs> so, um, all right. So to the case. So I... Uh, it was breaking and entering into David Malkin's home where he ended up not stealing anything from David Malkin. He had some of his beer and creamsicles, I believe, are the two things that they actually had. And Dave, those weren't even for David. I mean, he had been, he was going away for weeks, seemingly. I don't know how long David was going to be gone, but that was actually for Jonathan, who is a flaky friend and never showed up. So those were just there for the taking. So they actually didn't steal anything from David's house. Even though they had plenty of opportunity, they did not take anything from, from David's house. Uh, in fact, they ended up doing the job that Jonathan was supposed to be doing, which they ended up watching the house. So I say it's not breaking and entering. They actually provided a service. 
Hmm. Interesting. Uh, okay, as far as identity theft, um, you know, I feel that with identity theft, it is the intention around that theft, and Eddie did not intend to have any identity theft. He didn't even know who Jonathan was until the parents showed up and put him in a very uncomfortable situation, was talking to him while he was standing there naked and just in a towel, and kind of put him on the spot. So I don't know if, if he had a a good way out of that situation other than saying, just agreeing with them. He didn't intend on stealing his identity. He didn't even know who this Jonathan person was. He was just uh, feeling those swinger vibes and very concerned for his own safety. And those parents were grooming him in the process. So it wasn't so much an identity (laughs) theft, it was having an identity thrust upon you It was an identity thrust upon you by predators and also just concerned for your own (laughs) well-being. You know, sometimes you're in a situation and you're like, this is an unsafe situation. I need to just say and do what I need to say and do to keep safe. And that's what I think happened here. Why was it unsafe, though? Uh, Because because (laughs) Milt and Mona were predators. That's why it was unsafe. Uh, They're not on trial today. No, exactly. But that is why that identity was thrust upon him. So it was interesting. Interesting. Uh, okay. Um, okay, then the next one was stealing the car and therefore stealing money. Okay, this was Sal's car, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, when else would, did they steal somebody else's car? Um, so I don't, they, they were borrowing the car. They intended to return the car. They didn't even know it was Sal's car. They thought it was Pinky's car and they totally meant to return the car. So I, I say that that was borrowing. Why didn't that wasn't, they? what happened? Why didn't they? Um, because Sal called and they were scared for their lives because Sal is someone who throws people off of bridges. <laughs> so, so don't steal his car. <laughs> they were borrowing it. They int- the intent was to return it. Uh, let's see. And the next one, general grossness. Okay, so he is gross. Now, the <laughs> I, well, I, well, I'm going to agree with you. He is gross. There are, are some of the things that you brought up, though, that he was gross that I feel... I don't think should count against him. I do think the spitting in the hands, that that to me, that's the gross. That's really the gross part. The gross shoes, I mean, he doesn't have like a lot of money. Like, what do you want him to do? Like, stop being classist, Claire. Mm. Like, the guy just had- Give him shoes. a clean with some water. Mm, I think they were, were they white shoes? Like, I, I don't know how you, you clean those. I think those. they w- might have once been white. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think if he was- I, I just, um, yeah, I don't get mad at people who are just not of a certain, like, if they don't have regular jobs, they kind of are on the street hustling a lot. Like, I really, I feel bad, like, calling people out for something that maybe isn't washed. So Those are worker's uh, shoes. Those are worker's shoes. Yeah, I really, that that's the only, that's one that I definitely, clear. I can't get behind that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and the holding the meeting in the bathroom, I really... <laughs> It was gross, but also these are all full-grown professional adults, and they went in there on their own. That was real weird that they followed his direction. I I call those people out, not him. <laughs> I mm, call them interesting. Uh, but this idea. This sure, but Claire, if someone told me, "Hey, go into the bathroom," even if it's my boss, I'm not gonna fucking go in the bathroom. I'll be like, "No, you could just tell me here." That's that's because I am a grown adult and I don't have to follow disgusting directions like that that would make me uncomfortable. Um, these people obviously were very comfortable going into the bathroom to have a meeting, which 
that's on them. That's so bizarre. But I, I will say the spitting in the hand, that's gross and that's on him. That is really disgusting. And that is where I had to draw a line and <laughs> be like, okay, that's, I don't know what's happening here. Um, yeah, I don't, I can't, I can't even say it was some kind of weird cultural street thing. Like, I don't, I don't know what that was. Like, I don't know why anyone would spit in somebody's hand. It's, no, it's not good. Oh, it's so gross. Um, so I'm Claire with you. Uh, I don't know about general grossness, but if we're going to maybe just call it the spitting in the hand grossness, I will uh, agree general with you. General grossness. What happened? It is general grossness. Yeah, I, I just think the other stuff I, I can't really get behind. Um, bringing love in a love con. This is an interesting one to me. Because <laughs> is it a crime or is it an amateur mis- rookie mistake? Uh, crime in this court. Uh, well, it's, that's a crime to you. I think the judge is allowed to say whether it's a crime in this court or not. Mm, very uh, true. So, Solid uh, point, counselor. <laughs> I mean, when we were discussing this documentary, the judge said that he would never bring love into a love con. Yeah, Much, but I think yeah. that's because the judge is not an amateur. Right. And he knows what he's doing. Uh, I, I feel like you are not giving I the judge the credit he deserves. <laughs> it huh. might not be a legal crime, but it's a it's a con crime. <laughs> I, I, you know what? <laughs> I didn't study a lot about con crimes when I was... I, <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> you, you, you took the, the semester course on con crimes? Yeah, it was in summer school. <laughs> It's an elective. (laughs) (laughs) Claire joined the extracurricular club about cons, con crimes. You can do pottery crime, our con crime, our computer crime. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Oh, boy. I took the fashion crime one, which I feel like we just don't bring up enough in this court. It's true. So, so my degree is going, my extracurricular activities uh, really are not paying off in this court a lot, but that's okay. Um, yeah, I, don't- I, I did I did improv crime study, and let me tell you, that is a large field. <laughs> <laughs> and it basically encompasses everything. <laughs> was that one or two semesters, or was that after you know, school? It's, it's, it's one, it only counts as one credit, but it might as well be five, because let me tell you, all criminals all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. As someone who has been an improv myself, that is so true. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to actually say that bringing love in a love con, I'm saying that's not a crime. That is just a rookie mistake. So mm. I, I am you're saying, saying you're pro love in a love con? No, I am saying you are a dumb, dumb <laughs> criminal if you you bring love in a love con. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's a crime. It's not. I think I think I, my, I my wish, con crime professor might have lied to me then. Oh, oh gosh, that's going to be hard to dispute. I mean, <laughs> you're going to have to go back and read through your your notes oh, and read oh. through your lecture. You <laughs> see if there if the, some of the lectures are online. Uh, yeah, I'll check YouTube. Guys, I know it's been a while since we've been in school. I think I shared this with you guys last week, but it's like crazy because Josie's taking college classes and like her teacher does the lectures, her lectures on Twitch. <laughs> so, so I just wild. find this really crazy now. But, you know, then they can go back and rewatch lectures and all that stuff. Cause it's all up on Twitch. So um, jealous. It's crazy. It's crazy to me. 
Um, shocking, uh, but uh, actually not shocking for me, but Josie is getting an A in that class. (laughs) Nice. Um, she only has a couple, couple weeks left in her first college course. So exciting. I'm such a proud mom. Okay. But yeah, so I'm, I'm saying that bringing love in a love con, amateur rookie mistake, but not a crime. So that is, that is what I'm saying. And so I think that should be taken off the table. Prosecution. What say you? Um, Okay. So you said that when they broke the, they broke in, they didn't really steal anything. You said just some beer and cream schools, but who did those beer and cream schools belong to? They were bought by David Malkin, and yes, they were intended by Jonathan to, for Jonathan Albertson. So they were stolen. They weren't intended for them. They also stole electricity and water. They even stole <laughs> air while they were in this house. Who um, did they steal that from? The proper owners of the house. I'm going to uh, say that. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, we, we are um, not going to give ownership of the air to the you. wealthy in this court. <laughs> the air in the house? Absolutely no, not. No, I already have a problem with water being something I have to pay for. So Yeah, um, yeah agreed. <laughs> Um, well, beer and creamsicles, they belong to other people. When, mm. and, and then in terms of identity theft, you said, what else was he supposed to do apart from go on with it? He could confess. Why wouldn't he confess? Oh, because what he was doing was wrong, because he was breaking and entering. Um, he couldn't confess because he was naked and people were, like, trying to make him join their little he uh, sex said, hey i'm not jonathan but i'm a friend of jonathan and jonathan asked me to come here instead david knows all about it and then they would have off they would have gone and then he could have done a runner and no one would have known oh those people they saw a naked man in, in their son's house they were not gonna leave that house <laughs> they were not gonna just be off on their own <laughs> they, or he could have just run away well yeah no clothes on you're, you're calling about for being gross, and you um, want a naked man running down yeah, the street? Yeah, counselor, it does matter. Uh, uh, <laughs> we can't have nude people running running down the streets. Um, I, I do not even suggest that. No shoes, that I'm sure. Three miles away from the road, he would have been fine. <laughs> Did you just say three miles? <laughs> um, My house was a long way from the road. He could have hidden in some bushes or something. Uh, running anywhere without proper footwear is absolutely not allowed in this court. Okay. All right. Noted. Uh, and apart from that, yeah, he's gross. And love and love con is a crime. And he did steal the car. And it doesn't matter that he didn't, you know. Okay, he didn't steal the car. He actually stole the car from Sal, but he intended to steal it from Pinky. He he intended to borrow it from Pinky. He intended to borrow it from Pinky. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're borrowing it. You're borrowing it without permission. Therefore, you're stealing it. All right. So, um... Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not gonna touch this love in a love con because, like I said, I that's not a that's not a, a crime. That's just yeah. stupidity. Um, and general grossness, sure. I I, I wouldn't What's call worse, it general love grossness. Love in a love con or love in an elevator. <laughs> I mean, look, sometimes there's love in an elevator, but love in Ooh. a love con, you should not have that because I mean, it happens when you're an amateur. That's what happens it's when true. you're an amateur. It's true. True. Um, you know. Uh, I, I need I need a ruling here. Um, but love in an elevator versus love in a love con, which is more appropriate? Because I do feel I do feel that if you have if there's love in an elevator, other people could be subject to that. Oh, which yeah. I find problematic. Well, mm-hmm. What if it's yeah? Because you it wasn't clear if it's love in an empty elevator, right? Another person. Or an elevator. People can always uh, come into an elevator. That's one of the problems with an elevator. It's not a private room. Yeah. 
Oy, for some people, that's their kink, though, right? Like they're they're exactly. wanting people to. And that's catch them. where we get mm-hmm. to crime. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, love it. It's, but even then, love it in elevator. Worst crime and an actual, con- possibly an actual crime versus love in a love con. Not Very a real true. crime. Uh, counselors, was anyone wanting to bring charges of love in an elevator? I didn't quite see any of that. Maybe I missed something. Was there any? I didn't see any, but okay. doesn't mean it didn't happen. But. Well, <laughs> Counselor, yeah. that <laughs> ice is getting thinner. Getting yeah, Claire, thinner. Um, are you bringing that charge up? Because I would like to see evidence on that. Uh, right, I'm working on it. I mean, yeah. uh, if no one has anything else, I think we'll move on to closing arguments. All right. Uh, Claire, go ahead. I think I've made my points very clear. Um, uh, this guy, this, this gross monster, Eddie Farrell, he broke into someone's house, he stole their water and air, and their creamsicles and their beer, um, and then he stole their life um, by stealing their identity. And this is rubbish that he was forced into it. No, no one can force you to steal someone's identity. You do that because you want to, and that's what he did. And he's gross, and he's running around in bathrooms. Oh, I didn't even say he's imitating the president, which should be illegal because that's stolen valor. That is. Um, uh, 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 counselor, you're very close to having your case dismissed because <laughs> stolen valor is not a crime in this court. Oh, okay. it, it is a badge of pride, and I say that as a five-star general. <laughs> As the president of the United States. Ugh. No one would want to no. do that. No, no sane person rules. has ever wanted to be president of the United States. No. Has any sane person been president of the United States? No. Mm. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Um, I rest my case. I'm dropping the microphone. Oh, wow. Well. All right. I, Interesting. Well, now I've got to pick it up off the dirty floor, Claire. Who's gross now? <laughs> Jeez Louise. No, I got you a new one. Look, it's mm. it's like wrapped in bubble wrap. Well, it's on your desk. Claire, you told me I have a new one. Too late. I've already had to pick this gross mic up. Oh. And now, okay, I've got to go wash my hands. Hold on just a second, guys. Because I actually know how to wash my hands and it takes longer than two seconds. That's true. It's very true. It's and very I'm true. not using an air dryer. <laughs> so. All right. All right, I'm 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 back. Guys, I Claire, please. Next time just give me a heads up. So that way I know when you're dropping the mic I can pick a clean one up. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um all right. So yeah, as my closing statements again, this whole love and a love con that's not that's not a crime. Uh general grossness, I I really think it's just the spitting in the hand. So for I I'll go ahead and um agree on being gross. Um but I I, some of some of the general grossness I don't agree with, but I'll I'll go ahead and and because of the spitting in the hands, I'll give that up and let's say yes. I agree he's gross. I'm the greatest lawyer in the world. <laughs> but I I feel like we've got some issues uh, with counsel over there. Um, mm-hmm. She wants to. I'm look. I'm not going to do it today because I don't want to put more work on the judge's plate, but. I almost want to bring charges against counsel because you want to charge for fucking air and you mm-hmm. <laughs> you you are like saying somebody's gross because their shoes are dirty. <laughs> like what is wrong with you today? <laughs> I love you counsel, but also someone's ve- like uh, uh, someone's very close to being held in contempt of court. <laughs> Closer than we've ever Yay. been. <laughs> um so 
Yeah, breaking and entering again. You, you were saying that, uh, oh, because he stole things. Uh, definitely, he did not steal air. I have a problem with the fact that you're saying he stole water because I don't think we should be charged for water either because it's fucking nature. <laughs> like the fact that we get charged for water is bullshit. Um, and the the creamsicles and the beer, they originally were bought for Jonathan. They knew Jonathan wasn't even going to be there because he's a shitty friend. And instead they provided the service of watching David's house. So honestly, David kind of owes them. Uh, so <laughs> there's that identity theft. Um, I I do think that uh, Eddie was put in a very compromising situation. He was naked. He could not, as our council uh, said, another thing <laughs> against council <laughs> was that he could <laughs> run out of the house naked. Counselor, I know that you leave your house without shoes on. Mm. That is not what should be happening. <laughs> so, um, you can't just leave the house fucking naked. <laughs> you can't just run down the street. That's actually illegal. That is actually illegal. <laughs> so, yeah, it was thrust upon him. What happened? What if you're a werewolf? Then you're a, a wolf at the time. Like, you're not a human, but no, you. when you turn back into a human. <laughs> well, I don't think you have an option. Although, <laughs> I think there's like a. I don't know, maybe the Twilight documentaries or something, but like so, one of these werewolf documentaries, they, they have like clothes waiting out in the woods for themselves. So when they. If they turn back into human, they, they can go ahead and put clothes on real quick. So they're not running around naked because even werewolves turning back into humans know you can't run around naked. <laughs> true. Very true. So, the fact that you think it's okay is very concerning to me. I um, also studied were crimes. What happened? I also studied were crimes. <laughs> well, then you might want to brush up on that one, because I feel like you are not up to... You're, you're not up on all the latest were crime information, is what... <laughs> Okay. I'm saying there. So you that that might you want to just brush up, maybe take a course that's uh, current and look into that. Okay. Um. Yeah. I think the uh, the identity was thrust upon him, and I will also uh, judge you reference it, but I would like to bring up the case of Lucy Moderats, where um she was not found guilty because nobody was harmed during that crime. So well, there is a precedent set here. Uh-huh. With uh, the idea of identity theft in this very courtroom, they should all be locked up. Um, except she's not. <laughs> so um, <laughs> already been ruled. <laughs> yeah, already done. <laughs> um, okay, and then stealing the car, stealing money. I say, I say, it was borrowed with an intent to return. And then they were scared because Sal is a maniac who throws people off of bridges, and they did not realize that that was <laughs> Sal's. And you know, they were scared for their lives, so they just parked it and ran. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's it. That's what I've got. All right. I, I close the case closed. <laughs> Are you going to drop the mic? No, I'm not dropping the mic. What do I want the judge to have to pick this up? No, thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I have a lot to think about. And uh, Counselor, you're still in hot water right now. So uh, I thought I was on thin ice. Um, I can't be in thin ice and hot water. How do you think the ice got so thin? Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you two talk amongst yourselves. Well, will I enjoy the rest of my drink and try to calm down? Oh, Claire. Hey, Tammy. Hey, I'm Claire. I'm very concerned about <laughs> some of the things you brought up in court today. <laughs> Why? I, uh, you know, the the idea that um, air should be charged for, or that it could be stolen. 
Um, that's that's really concerning. Um, you you say you took uh wear crime classes, but you weren't yeah. aware that they just they don't run around naked. They they know ahead of time, and they I've put never clothes seen a out wearing clothes. I'm just saying. Well, not while they're in wolf form, but when they turn back into human, yeah, yeah, they they prepare. They know. Okay. So, you know, I'm just I'm just a little, you know, concerned. I know it's been a while since all of us have been in law school. So it's just mm-hmm. something, you know, to, to have some continued education courses. You might want to just be open to that. So, oh, okay. you know, so I-, I-, I will note that. Yeah. How are you doing, my friend? Good? Oh, yeah, I'm good, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I really want one of the judges' drink. Uh, me too. Oh, uh, let me too. tell you. Uh, uh, sorry, judge, you're coming back in, in the courtroom. I just want to say, uh, the drink is truly, truly delightful. <laughs> it looks... I mean, I haven't seen your uh, picture of the one you drank, but I saw the pictures of the uh, cocktail uh that that you kind of based it on and it looked gorgeous oh yeah yeah it's 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 a it's a, it's a real gutty um before i go into my ruling um a couple of things i just like to share with the court uh first of, is it a drink uh no it's it's a, from the documentary the wolfman uh um uh, uh featuring a werewolf wearing clothes so oh, no. uh, um uh, already i just want to point out that yes werewolves oh, do yeah. quite often wear clothes uh, including one of the most notable uh werewolf documentaries the wolfman oh so, and you know like also a uh the documentary uh teen wolf mm-hmm. yeah, where yeah. that wolf also wore clothes and a uniform so i uh, you know i just gotta say uh... well one was a wolf man and one was a teen wolf neither were technically werewolves I think they were. Mm. were. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, I think that was oh. just the name of the documentary, Claire. <laughs> gotcha. No, oh, I don't think so. <laughs> um, there's a photo of my book, just so. Uh, oh, I'm seeing it. God, yeah, that looks uh, so good. Very good. Very good. Um, so a lot of interesting things were 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 brought up in this case. Um, and I I'm glad to say I haven't had to hold the council in contempt yet. Uh, but boy, did we get close. Counselor, watch yourself. Um. So let's go through these charges. Uh, so first, let's talk about the general grossness, uh, the gross shoes, the uh, gross bathroom meeting, and the spitting and handing. Yes, uh, I, I do have to hold. I do have to hold some charges against for the spitting and hands. So yes, I, I will say uh, he is guilty on that charge. Now, as far as the shoes goes, those are the those are the shoes of a worker um, that is working. And as a gross worker, counselor. Watch it, watch it. Um, and uh, yeah, I, the people were not required to go into this bathroom meeting. And if they had been required, then I would hold Milt responsible. So I, yeah, I can't, I can't uh, bring charges on that because, uh, yeah, you're not required to do uh, something just because somebody in a meeting says to. That's not how reality works, and you shouldn't allow your employer to have that sort of control over you if you're against it, which you should be. Um, I think all of those people that engage in this were the gross ones. So, Eddie Farrell was not sitting in a bathroom stall in a meeting, so I think everyone else was grosser in that moment. <laughs> um, as to the charge of uh, breaking and entering, as we've stated many times, crimes against the rich aren't as necessarily heinous as other crimes. So, uh, this house um, was sitting uh, unused, and uh, these and uh, poor uh, Eddie had to uh, find an escape, 
and uh, they found themselves in this house. Uh, as for the uh, eating of the of the creamsicles and beer, uh, the food was spoiled, and uh, this food was not being consumed. There was way too much food in that refrigerator. Those cheeses definitely wouldn't have lasted. I like cheese has a very short shelf life, um, and there was way too much of it. Uh, I, David's a real monster, and uh, honestly, charges should have been brought against him because uh, he's a monster. Jonathan Albertson's a monster, and being as those uh, those criminals as they are, I. I can't hold Eddie Farrell responsible for merely taking advantages of the excess of these monsters. So breaking and entering, um, no, not guilty. Throwing that out. Yay. Oh, <laughs> what is happening in court today? It's, uh, it is, it is certainly getting heated. Um, <laughs> as for the charge of love in a love con, uh, counselor, I think, I think we got a real problem here. Uh, a, this is not Concord, so uh, we can't uh, rule. Wait, 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 wait! It's not Concord. Absolutely not. Oh, I took, I went, I did left instead of right in no. the corridor. No. I'm sorry, Judge. This is not Concord, so. Uh, <laughs> I thought we were in Concord. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I love the idea that Claire has been in the wrong courtroom all time. <laughs> uh, you should have checked uh, your filings, because yeah, this is not it, Concord. It, it does explain a lot. <laughs> <laughs> certainly does. Uh, but does it excuse any of it? Absolutely not. Um, I'm in charge in this courtroom. Uh, so uh, now, but, so obviously I'm not going to bring charges against Love and a Love Con. But as counsel pointed out, Love and a Love Con is amateur hour. And if that's mm-hmm. the case, how can I hold him responsible for identity theft if he's an amateur? If this is not a professional a criminal doing this con... I don't know that I can hold him responsible for being an identity thief. Uh, when, as uh, the defense pointed out, he had this thrust upon him by clear predators. Clear predators. I mean, at every point uh, along this, oh, yeah. you're just including uh, when he's given the safe combination. I mean, if this isn't a setup, I don't know what is. Also, why is that all that money in that safe to begin with? Very bizarre. There's a lot of crimes going on with the Malkin family that should be investigated. Um, and I have a lot of problems <laughs> with them, but that's not what we're adjudicating today, maybe in the future, maybe in Concord. Who knows? Someday. Now, on to the- <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what that noise was. Uh, I hope it was a spooky ghost, because uh, otherwise, I'm gonna <laughs> Oh have... no, it's Eddie Farrell dressed as a spooky ghost. <laughs> oh no, is Eddie Farrell in your house? He's <laughs> uh, his way into my house. Well, we wondered where he was now, and now we know. <laughs> Spooks now we know. spook con. Amateur hour. Um... <laughs> To the subject of sealing the car and the $60,000, well, they didn't steal the $60,000. Other people stole the $60,000, so... They stole it, and then other people stole it from them. Yeah, that's a wash. Doesn't count. (laughs) 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 Nothing happened. Um, The problem I have is uh, they were stealing... They were thought they were taking Pinky's car in retaliation for uh, Pinky not paying them for the uh, uh, bet on the pool game, so uh, they were taking uh, they were taking payment in the form of the car. Now the problem, of course, is that this was not Pinky's car. This was Sal's car. Sal, as we know, is a criminal. He's involved in various criminal schemes, um, and worse than that, he's also got a legitimate um, front with a construction company. So I I find this. Uh, 
the fact if he was just a low-level criminal and this was just uh, cr this was just stealing from a criminal, um, that would be one thing. But he also has a a legitimate front, which I find much more upsetting. Much like the Malkin. I don't know that Sal is necessarily as criminal as the Malkins, uh, but uh, very close. So I'm, I I don't like the idea of uh, of of uh, discussing his property in such a way of of like that. I I'm, I'm not interested. Not interested. But I will say the fact that uh, he's not a completely uh, 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 business class uh, criminal. Um, I I will give the charge on stealing the car. Yay. Um, but uh, that's all. I will not for the $60,000. Um, and, and I'm going to give a reduced sentence uh, on the stealing the car as well. Um, on, now, on the subject of stealing air, water, um, and sustenance, absolutely not. Ridiculous. <laughs> um, cannot be allowed. I will not allow it. Crimes against rich people are not crimes. Uh, stealing food does not count. Uh, water and air are for people. Um, fuck rich people. Uh, that's my ruling. Thank Ooh. you. Wow. Wow. Fair. Fair, Thanks very much. Yeah. Did anyone... Well, I mean, I I know, Brad, you've seen this documentary your whole life, but uh, so maybe, Claire, you can put in your thoughts here, but did you think at one time that Eddie was going to have Sal and Milton work together? Because I really thought that that was going to be... Like, he was going to somehow just partner them up so that mm. way... You know, Milton, who has his back, can maybe kind of take care of Sal. Because to the judge's point, Sal and Milton were very similar yeah, to yeah. me. Yes, yes. And I just thought, like, oh, that would be a weird twist in, in this uh, documentary if, if they end up somehow working together. And it would, but it would also make sense. Yeah, two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Once, once more legitimate facing, once more criminal facing. Yeah. yeah. Both criminals. Yeah. And much more criminals than, than Eddie Farrell. Yeah. 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 Eddie's. I think you're right. Eddie. Well, amateur even though hour. I lost most of the cases, I respect you as a judge, Brad, and as a man, and as a friend. Wow. Um, I, I will take it and I will now head off to Concord, which is, uh, I think, the other side of the building, and I'll go and see what I can do over there. Um, you, I, know I, there's a, you know there's a $5 entry fee to Concord, right? It's cool. Just a Venmo me. Take care of it. Okay. Concord. Yeah. I was gonna I say, don't. I think there's some conning going on. <laughs> well, that's how concord court works, guys. Oh, uh, well, I, this is when I have to admit, guys, that I'm not even a lawyer. Ha ha, con. <laughs> con court. Uh, this is where I have to admit, I've already filed charges of holding you in contempt. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, goodness. That's my aim all along. Um, all right, so, guys. Uh, we've that, was, that, that that was that's that's a real case, case. <laughs> a real twisty windy case we just went through indeed um, absolutely about uh, identity theft uh, so let's go ahead and say um, what we're doing for our next episode and find out who who is judge defense and prosecution next time um, our next case is going to we're going to talk about. Angela in the documentary Sleepaway Camp. Dear Mom and Dad, I've been at a sleepaway camp for almost three weeks and I'm getting very scared. Welcome to Sleepaway Camp. 
Someone is watching you. Hey, Baba, revolve! Someone is waiting for you. Someone wants to scare you to death. Sleep away, camp. You won't be coming home. The perfect summertime case. Yeah, yeah. So, um, have you seen this documentary, Tammy? No, I actually do. I mean, for someone who uh, likes to make people aware about true, true crime, I. I tend to stay away from uh, slasher, murdery uh, documentaries. It, it's hard for me to go to sleep at night sometimes afterward, but I have found it's a lot easier when, when the three of us are watching it together. Um, you know, we tend to watch it. I know it's a little late for you, Claire, but for, for Brad and I, it's like the middle of the day. So it's, it's you know, I have a lot of time before I have to go to sleep. So I have not watched this, so... Okay, and Brad, I know you have watched this. Oh, I've, I've watched, yes, I've watched uh, all of the uh, the various documentaries in this series. Um, yes. There are many. <laughs> I think oh there are my four? Gosh. I think so. I've only seen uh, Sleepaway Camp and Return to Sleepaway Camp. Ah, well, Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3 are uh, very delightful. Yeah. But yeah, I do. I I know you guys have said that this is, this will be a good crime to cover for the summer, so... Yeah, we'll uh, we'll do that. Um, Brad, you want to tell us, uh, randomize us for the next episode? Yes. So uh, next time when... I will not be both prosecution and defense. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see what uh, KeemK.com has to say. (laughs) And uh, next time for judge, Judge, jury, and executioner executioner. as judge, Tammy. (gasps) Okay. Okay. Prosecution, me. Oh. And Claire, you will be defending Angela. <laughs> okay. We'll do my best. <laughs> you always do, Claire. That is, I do Thank appreciate that you. about you. I, Indeed. Um, whether I've, I've been up against you or I've been the judge and, and watching you guys in the courtroom, I, I feel like uh, everyone here, we put our best foot forward and, and do our best with the case that we have. <laughs> 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 Whether it's murderous children, or get a lot of murderous other. children. We deal with a lot of murderous children. Um, children are psychotic. Those, I'm just saying. Little children. All right, guys. Uh, anything else uh, for this case um, in Opportunity Knox against Eddie Farrell? I don't think so. All right, then we're out, guys. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening. If you want to send us feedback, you can contact us via truetruecrime at reactionary-sass.com. Join our absolutely true true crime Facebook group and follow us at True True Crime on Twitter. Call the SAS line 321-710-4947 and maybe you can help solve a mystery. Our other podcast and individual social media accounts can be found at reactionary-sass.com.